friends, I'm Molly, and we are here today with our Relief from Darkness podcast crew, where we are continuing our conversations, exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And a stuck place can be anything that's hindering you from experiencing the fullness of God's love. And so that can be anything ranging from complex trauma to nightmares to depression, anxiety, and seriously, like anything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, we really do believe that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can be healed. And as our thought processes change, our brains change. And if you change your brain, you change your life. So this session is going to be super interesting. So I'm here with Dr. Lori Basie. Hey, guys. She is our resident brain geek. And if you have been with us on this podcast series, we've talked a lot about CPR in each session. So on this series, we're kind of breaking it down about what is the things in the C and what's the things in the P and what's the things in the R. And so we started this series talking about how do we know if something's wrong? And we know something's wrong if something isn't exhibiting the fruit of the spirit or if our thought processes aren't in lines with Philippians. So after we know that something's wrong, we moved into the C part of connection and we started with connection with God. And then we went into connection with with ourselves. And then for this session, we are going to be exploring connection with others because connection with others is a big, big deal. You guys, we are made for community and what your community looks like really is a direct reflection of your relationship with Christ. So with that, Dr. Lori, lay it on us. Here we go. This is really, really important. And if you think about connection with others, we're meant to know and we're meant to be known, we're meant to love, and we're meant to love others. And the greatest commands in the Bible are to love God with everything in us and to love our neighbor as ourself. And so as we talked about then connection with ourself and who we are and whose we are and because of what he's done, one of the first things that I see is signs of spiritual immaturity is that people can't get along with others. And so I want to just ask you as listeners, as we're talking about your connection with others, what does your relational inventory look like? What do your friendships look like? How healthy are your friends? And do you do you have long-term friends that push you towards Christ and call out the best in you and challenge you to be all that you can be? Or do you have a wake of trauma from relationships. And so I think this is going to be really, really good for us to start to evaluate. And so if I would ask you to rate the the healthiness of your friends and the people that surround you every day, I wonder what you would say, because as we choose others and others choose us, the people that surround us and the people that I surround, I love the saying that Molly Buck, birds of a feather, they flock together. Yes. And so if you're a big, <laughs> hot, dysfunctional mess, then what are you going to attract? Big, hot, dysfunctional messes. Yes. And it's really quite fun to watch in a room that we could have a whole group of people. And if we have one hot, dysfunctional mess, the most dysfunctional mess in one corner of the room, they will search and somehow find the next lowest common denominator with the other big, hot, dysfunctional mess. And if the 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 biggest, hot, hottest dysfunctional mess has 10 issues and they get together with the next biggest hottest dysfunctional mess that has nine issues you don't have just 19 dysfunctional issues but those issues bounce off of each other and so spiritual immaturity is seen 
in dysfunctional relationships. And ultimately, if we're not on this earth to love and to know and to be known, those are innate things that God has put inside of us, then we're really doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I think about people ask me all the time as a therapist, they'll say, so where, where do you predict that I will be? And so there are three things that I really like to look at with the people that are wondering, and I can pretty much determine how someone's going to do or where they're going to be based on what they spend their time doing and what they spend their resources on, and then finally, who they spend their time with. Mm. And it, it's super fun thinking about, we have a base in Amarillo, Texas, and at this Amarillo, Texas base, they work with victims from human trafficking and people that are coming out of really hard places, like what we've talked about on the podcast previously. And one of our team members there, as she brings people in and she brings them in close to her, one of the first things that she says to them and the advice that she has is that the friends that you've had in the middle of the mess aren't the friends that are going to carry you out into the fullness of your destiny. And unless your friends get better, then you really just need to get new friends. But it's really important that not only do we just get rid of all of our old dysfunctional friends, but it's really important that we heal ourselves so that we will attract others that are healthy and whole. Yeah. And so as we think about this, I think about the population at large, and we know statistically speaking, uh, for us today, I want to break things down into two categories. There are people that are securely attached and people that are insecurely attached. And actually attachment develops and it happens when we're younger about where our needs met and what's our relationship with our primary caregivers. And the interesting thing is that as we're adults, now let's fast forward into adulthood, that 50% of people are insecurely attached. And that just is relationship disasters that are, are waiting to happen. And those out of those 50% of the people that are insecurely attached, then one in four will decide to do the hard work that's required to actually change their attachment patterns and their styles and actually heal in their brain so that they can securely attach to others. But it takes a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if people are really willing sometimes to do the hard work. And so... I just want you to think about for a second, what are your what are your group rules with people? How do you attach to people? Who is your friendship base? What is a healthy goal of the people that surround us? And what does that really look like? And so as we think about then a community, and we've created a Christ-centered community with really just three group rules because I can't remember any more than three. <laughs> And the first one is that we're going to stick together. So what does it look like to be faithful and to stick together? What does covenant look like? What does, does convenient versus covenant look like? And, and the scary thing is, is if we fall in love, then we can fall out of love. And so who has God put in our past that thrust us towards him? And how could we stick together? And then how can we, the second group rule, is not just continuously cause hurt. Hurting people hurt people. And if people are hurting us or if we're hurting people or if that's the kind of people that we attract, people that are capable of hurting or people that can't securely attach, then it's really, really 
indicative of that we've got to do something and do something different and look at who do we attach to? Who are we drawn towards? Who are we attracted to? Why are we around people? And then finally, it's fun. It is so much fun to know and it's fun to be known and it's fun to connect. We can connect with others emotionally and and share how we feel. We can connect with others physically with non-sexual physical touch. They say that the average person needs to be hugged at least seven times a day. We can connect with others by just doing things, by doing activities and things together. I think about we just, Molly and I and some of our team members just did, uh, actually it was, you could go as many as 50 miles. We all stopped after about 10 (laughs) as we kind of limped into the finish line, but we just did uh, just did a, a a marathon and and so we can do things physically together. We could connect intellectually and talk about things that we know and grow together, and then we can connect with others spiritually, which I think is by far the greatest connection that we're all created by Jesus and for Jesus and in His image, and He places us all together, and He's the head of the body, and each of us individually make up parts of that body to advance the gospel of the kingdom. But if we're immature, if we haven't been healed, if we don't connect, if we have insecure attachment, then it makes it really, really difficult. And so Molly Buck, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I think this, this session in particular holds a really, a really soft spot in my heart because I just remember, man, um, when I finally realized what real community felt like, getting to know boundaries and understanding what a Christ-centered community was, I could suddenly see all the areas in my life in the past where it didn't, it wasn't like that. And, you know, I was someone who had probably about, you know, a thousand, put quotes around this, friends, and it was really surface level. And I wasn't known and I didn't really know them, but I mm-hmm. knew what we could get like what I could get out of them and they knew what they could get out of me. And it was just such a surface level friendship and it was so unfulfilling. And so being it, being introduced to a real safe community with Christ and with safe, I just, I know I say this probably every session, but a safe community and safe people being those who are thrusting you towards Jesus in an unsafe community and unsafe relationships are going to be the ones that are not. So just, I want to make that super, super clear. Um, but finally figuring out what a safe relationships look like and how to do life with people. Man, like you think you're having a lot of fun over here and really you're just, you're not, right? And it's interesting. I mean, biblically speaking, I mean, he says the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work meaning that we need the body. Mm -hmm. And when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. And if our relationships aren't um, enmeshed in Christ's love where we can see each other, how how he created us, I mean, then there's division. In John 13, he says that they'll know us by our love for one another. I mean, and that's when he's washing the disciples' feet. And he's saying they'll know us because we do this for each other, because we will serve each other and love each other. And not saying that we all have to be in agreement 100% on everything, because he made us different. 
but to know that we'll see each other through the lens of Christ and see what each person offers in a kingdom mindset, that will change everything about your relationships. And I know for a long time, man, I just, I really struggled. If anyone disagreed or if I disagreed with anyone, I would just leave. I mean, there was no working it out. There was no, if I couldn't prove my point, that was the end of that. And I think about how many bridges I burned in that rather than actually just saying, hey, maybe you're just seeing something from a different point of view. And maybe I'm seeing something from a different point of view. But there's a bigger point of view called Jesus that we can agree on. And I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, we were in community in the garden from the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And we're made for, I mean, we're built for connection. We are wired to connect with each other or else, I mean, we're collectively called the bride of Christ. And our relationships with each other, I really believe is a direct reflection on our relationship with God. That's so good. So, yeah, it's so good. So I wonder if you could just remember that phrase, I wonder. And so when you see the people that are in your circle of influence, when you see your people that are in your everyday life, what if you could look at them and just say, I wonder, I wonder who they're created to be. I wonder what God is already doing in them. I wonder what God has deposited in them. I wonder what it would look like that if I would then pour into that and thrust them towards him. I wonder if I could see them as heaven sees them. And then I want to encourage everybody to think about then who you're spending the most time with. I love the phrase that says, I love everyone equally. Christ loved everyone equally. He died for us all. But then there's a destiny on my life and there's certain things that I'm called to do. And so as I love everyone equally, that doesn't mean that I have to spend equal amounts of time with everybody. So who are you spending the most time with? And when you're spending the most time with the people that are in your life, do they really know you? Are they safe? What does safe even mean? And as Molly talked about, then they're going to thrust us towards Christ. I'm going to thrust them towards Christ. When we look at one another, we're going to look at each other with wonder. We're going to connect emotionally and physically, appropriately, and spiritually, and cognitively, and we're going to like to do things together. But when I spend that kind of time with people, because time is so valuable, that I'm going to really require high levels of respect and responsibility. I'm going to keep my love on towards people. And if they can't produce the respect and the responsibility that they need, then they don't have as much access to the inner parts of my life and time. But I know how to manage myself because I'm free from me. I'm connected with myself and free from the trauma and the hurt and the sin and the things from my past. And I'm free from being in unhealthy relationships with them. And so I'm able to keep my love on and I'm able to look at what secure attachment looks like. And then I think actually, Molly, it'd probably be really good if we look at then the categories of insecure attachment so that people can start to not to judge, but realize behaviors that we tend to go towards if we're not in a healthy spot or if we're not keeping our love on with attachment. Yeah, that's good. Um, I remember one time, one time I was in like kind of a small group like setting and man, like someone and I, we just kind of disagreed on something and I 
I went home and I was so upset and I was so over it. And I was like, I'm not da 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 da. I'm not doing this. I'm never going back. I'm never sharing with anyone ever again for the rest of my life, right? Like all of these things. And I just heard the Lord and he was just like, it was just a little whisper. And he was like, Molly, you're a powerful person and you can choose to not connect or you can still choose to let it go and connect with people and be okay and be present. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your choice. Wow. And if you choose to disconnect, like really, like you're hurting yourself, like you're not, you're not punishing anyone. You're not proving a point. You're not any of the things like who that's really hurting is you. And you'll put yourself in this place of isolation where no one can get in and then you're just miserable. Mm -hmm. He's like, why would you choose to be miserable? (laughs) Like, can you just not? Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's interesting, like, to look at it from if he says, like, to love and stir one another up into good works. Uh And so when I'm looking at that as like, that's the community, that's the that's the goal of people that you're in relationship with. And then you look at the enemy. And so, of course, then you could have people and groups that would stir you into sin and temptation. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like we all get to choose one at some point. So so choose rightly. Yes. Yes. And so why do we have the behaviors that we have? And why do I do the things that we do? And we were taught or we do things typically for a reason. So Let's dive in just for a second to attachment. So what about connection with others? How do we connect with others? And so think about a newborn or even for the first five or seven years or so of our life, survival, our survival is actually dependent upon attaching with the people that we love. And if we don't have our needs met, if there's something going on, if the caretakers in our lives are not securely attached, that attachment injuries can take place. And it could either be in a moment with an illness or a a trauma or an incident, or it could be over a period of time. And then the result, as we've already talked about, is that 50% of adults have insecure attachment. So let me ask you, who was the primary caretaker in your life? And for the first, let's just say 10 years of your life, who had the most influence? And what did mama teach you about relationships? Or what did daddy teach you about the world? Are you loved? Are you known? Is it safe to love? Is it safe to be known? What happened in in your earliest formative years? And do you think that you're securely or insecurely attached? And that's what I want to break down just for a second, because sometimes the only thing that's worse than being confused is being confused in denial mm-hmm. <laughs> and, or to be insecurely attached in denial. Yeah, And like I said, the, the attachment styles, if you're insecurely attached, or even if we don't keep our love on, then we'll go towards different types of attachment besides securely attached. But the cool thing is, if we want to do the work, and as we allow Jesus to work in and through us, we can all be healed from that. Yeah. But some of us, it's just going to take a little bit longer than others. But what I always like to say is the next 21 days, which it takes 21 days to start a new neuropathway 
for a habit in your brain, 21 days is going to go by regardless. And so Mm -hmm. you might as well start thinking about then how do you connect? How do you attach? Who's in your circle of influence? You need a community and the community doesn't need to be just a bunch of yes people. You actually need people that are better than you in some areas that you don't compare yourself towards that jealousy is really something that just stirs up demonic things. And you need people that will demand a high level of respect and responsibility from you. You will then demand a high level of respect and responsibility from them. Everybody playing in their their game, thrusting each other towards Christ in a beautiful connection. Yeah. So do you remember taking the attachment? Oh my gosh, yes. I was so, I was, yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> that one came out of nowhere. Uh, Laura, you were like, hey, I'd actually missed um, that certain teaching that week. We have a little thing and I'd missed that week. And I was like, oh man, I guess I just missed it. I won't need to do it. And then I walked in like a few days later and Dr. Lori's like, hey, guess what? We're doing redo (laughs) attachment quiz day. Uh And I got sucked right back into that. Yep. And so much to her dismay, she did happen to score in the insecure attachment. Yeah. So let me tell you. So as a securely attached person, they tend to be less anxious. They have more satisfaction with their relationships. They have an easy time forming connections and have less doubt about the relationships. And so, and they also are able to reach out in comfort and to express what they need. Now, Again, 50% of the world is securely attached. And I love the saying that, you know, the the trauma and the sin and the things that have happened to us isn't in the past isn't our fault. But now that we learn these things, if we continue in that pathway, then it will be our fault. And so mm-hmm. if if you think you have relationship trouble, if you're probably insecurely attached, if you don't really want to do anything about it, now's a good time to just stop this podcast. Yeah. Because we're going to make you really, really accountable. And I'm going to ask you to do a whole lot of hard work, which we've all done. And Molly's done and I've done. So if you're securely attached, then you can connect with others. You're interdependent. So there's three dependent words that I want to teach you. Interdependent, independent, and codependent. And so if I'm interdependent, I give and receive love. I'm known and I know. If I'm codependent, I don't know where I start and where I stop. And if I'm independent, well, then up yours because I don't need you anyway. I guess we can say up yours on the podcast. I think you already did. Okay. (laughs) So up yours because I don't need you anyway. And so, but an interdependent person views themselves positively. They know what Jesus has done. They know who they are and whose they are, and they can give and receive love. And they also have a positive view of others. They know that the person that they're looking at was created in the image of God. Again, back to that, I wonder. They're able Mm -hmm. to wonder about that person and thrust that person towards Christ and communicate what they need and then ask what the other person needs, requiring high levels of respect and responsibility to keep their love on. And then if that person isn't safe, if they're truly not safe, if they're insecurely attached, then the securely attached person can stand to be in environments with them in small increments, but knows enough not to give them a piece of their heart, which the other person wouldn't be able to care for. Right. And so that's secure attachment. Now, 
In the insecure attachment, there are three areas. The first area is anxious. That's about 20% of the population. The anxious person is, is dependent. Again, that would be more like the codependent. They have high anxiety. They have a negative view of themselves and a positive view of others. They really are looking at others to meet their needs. And it's interesting that as we try to worry about our relationships and looking at others to make me feel loved and secured, and I have this emotional hunger and I'm desperate for this this hallmark type relationship or friendship, uh, it's really interesting as I negatively see myself, I positively see others. And so, I mean... They're just anxious. Can we do an example? Can I do an example? Yes, please. So I found um, people who are experiencing anxious attachment, like if you can just picture this, that you're with whoever, your mom, your significant other or whatever, and and you just have this need that you're that you're expecting them to meet. And so that can kind of come across in a lot of ways if you're like, oh man, like, um, why did they just look at me like that? Mm-hmm. Or they didn't hold my hand whenever we were walking down the street. And if they didn't hold my hand, does that mean that are, are we still together? Or do, do they still like me? Are we still loved? Like all of those things or that text message, they haven't texted me in two hours. So do you hear that anxiety? Like my heart's starting to race already yes. just doing that. That's really <laughs> And good. so it's that kind of thought or like, mm-hmm. oh man, like they're not home yet or what's going on or you know, are they, st- do they still like me? And that's kind of, um, what I've just seen over, over time of what anxious attachment uh-huh. has manifested yeah. as. And I love it. I feel anxious just thinking about it. They're looking right? for someone to complete them. Yes. There was a Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise movie at one point and, and the, the line was, which I just, just want to laugh or, or throw up right now. I'm not sure which would be better, <laughs> but the, you complete me. Yeah. And I mean, or if you um, think about Austin Powers and Mini-Me, I mean, it was Dr. Evil and Mini-Me, nobody can complete us. It's Jesus who completes <laughs> us. And if we're trying to get other people to complete us, if we're we're afraid of losing people, if we're clingy or possessive or paranoid right. or need constant attention, yeah. Or when you go through their, you want to go through their stuff or yes. you're wondering or they talk to a member of the opposite sex in a certain way like and then you just kind of go through all of these I mean that's that is anxiety you guys yeah and the interesting thing is is that if I need two and I look to Molly to give me two and Molly gives me two two won't be enough then I'm going to need four and then I'll expect Molly to give me four and then Molly gives me four then four won't be enough I've got this God-shaped hole inside of me that God has to fill and then I have to know whose I am and what he's done and then have healthy people in my life that I'm free from me and free from others that together I can bring the gift mix that I have in a beautiful relationship and interdependent exchange of emotional and cognitive and physical and activities and spiritual and and all of those things together so that then we can do something that's significant for the kingdom. Yeah. Being known and known. Now, on the opposite side of anxious is the avoidant. And that's really kind of funny. They tend to be emotionally distant. They take pride in their independence and they can see attachment as a weakness. So the avoidant person has a positive view of themselves 
and a negative view of others. And so that's 25% of the population. So it's interesting, two avoidant personalities don't really <laughs> mesh right. because they're always see ya, wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be ya. But the anxious attaches with or then goes towards the avoidant. And just the dynamics, again, it's just it's just miserable. And they tend to pull away when they need the most help. Mm-hmm. And they also can shut down emotionally during arguments or close themselves off from feelings. That one's, so, yeah, that's the one that says bye. That's yeah. it. If you get the... um. That's the person that you just got the text from the person experiencing anxiety that says like, where are you or we need to talk or what's going on? And then the avoidant is going to say, nope, that's y'all. This is what they call, um, I think, in terms ghosting, like they'll just ignore every Uh message, email, phone call, all of it and any sign of um, conflict or they'll put an out give a really good out so they don't have to actually sit and like talk about it all the way they can just kind of mention it briefly and then flee Mm -hmm. yeah and again i mean it's just not fun and then finally then that was 25 percent of the population now we have five percent and they're fearfully attached and so more than likely there's lots of trauma there's lots of inconsistency They may not know who they are. They have a negative view of themselves and a negative view of others. So they're kind of a combination of both, and you never know what you're going to get between the anxious and the avoidant. And so when they reach a certain level of intimacy in the relationships, then sometimes they'll have fear they won't feel safe. Or when there's problems, uh, they feel like things are irresolvable. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But I think the bottom line is we're meant to love and we're meant to be loved. And so what I'd like to do then is to just read off some of the things that securely attached people, how they function. And if you don't, or if you feel like, this is an area that you're not hanging out in, then my encouragement would be then stop it. I tend to go towards avoidant that, (laughs) I mean, why would I want to have those kind of conversations? And it's no longer fun. And, 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 but if I keep my love on, then I can be securely attached. So it doesn't matter what it is, what area the anxious avoidant or fearful We just need to know that I don't need high levels of anxiety and I need to emotionally be able to connect and attach, knowing that nobody will fulfill everything within me, but together Christ can be the center of both of our lives as we then do what he's called us to do. And that, can I just, uh, some of these things that Dr. Lloyd, that you read off, like, I know that we're talking about our relationships with others, but sometimes we can even be in that anxious or avoidant uh-huh. or fearful attachment with Jesus. with Jesus. Yeah. And that's where it's that's where it's a little bit terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when, when we start, if our relationships are kind of a direct reflection of our relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. like, if we are anxious to be with Jesus or we're just completely avoidant, we don't want to have that conversation, or, man, like, fearful is I'm scared of you and I'm scared of me. And that just won't cut it. I mean, he, he wants relationship above Mm -hmm. all else. That's true. Yeah, it does. It, it goes over towards that. 
So here's what secure relationships look like, is that we feel relaxed most of the time. And so in our quiet time with Jesus, are we wondering, is he mad at us with our our significant other with our friends? Are we relaxed most of the time? Now, not relaxed from doing illegal substances or, (laughs) (laughs) again, we're both pursuing Jesus and we're pushing each other towards Christ. And then do we find it easy to to flow uh, between being close and connected? And then if we have to spend a little bit of time on our own, are we okay with that? And in conflict, now, Conflict is inevitable. It's not if conflict comes, but when conflict comes. And in the stages of relationships, it's really important for us to be in conflict if we're going to push our relationship towards covenant. So like Molly alluded to, the the, the disagreement, we're going to disagree and we are going to have conflict. Mm-hmm. But when I use that phrase, keeping your love on, it means that I'm going to choose to love you. And love is not a feeling. It's who are we supposed to be around? Who are we in covenant relationship that whether we feel like it or not, or agree or not, that I'm going to keep my love on towards you. And this is who I'm going to be. And I'm going to show up with what I've said that I'll show up with. Yeah. And so it's it's really, really important. And then I want to be consistent. I need to keep my agreements. I need to, to be able to be consistent and do the things that I say that I'll do, that yes means yes and, and no means no. And I need to be self-aware and be able to be honest and, and consistent and So these are all really, really important. And I think finally, in conclusion with this, it's going to be really important for us to discover to how do we connect and meet the needs of others? And then how do I express my own needs? And so one of the examples that we gave out at one of our activities is I ordered like a hundred air plants. And I don't know about you guys, if you've ever seen an air plant, but the air plant, you actually don't have to put in dirt. And so when we got this air plant, it was the weirdest thing that I had ever seen. Actually, my hair plant, my hair kind of looks like an air plant <laughs> at some point, especially after the gym. But it said that you need to soak the air plant and then you need to put it not in direct sun, but somewhere where it's warm and you don't need to plant it in soil. And then once a week you go by and you spray the thing with water that's been sitting out to get rid of all the chlorine or whatever's in water. I'm not really sure. And so that was the the care instructions for the air plant. And so I wonder with you guys and with me, the people that are the closest in my life, have I communicated to them what I need? And do they know the kind of care that, that I would like to have? And, and do I know how to care for them? And are we able to have those open conversations? And am I known? And do they know me and all of those things. And, and do I have people that are willing to just in hard times, sometimes just sit with me. I'm not broken and I don't need fixed and you're not broken and you don't need fixed. We just need somebody sometimes to just be with us. And I think in summary, it's really important that those people who will be with us have a positive view of themselves. They know what Jesus has done. They know their value because of their worth. And the worth is based on what somebody is willing to pay And Jesus spent his life. He gave his life for all of us. We have things in common. We love being around each other. I prayed for friends in the community that God has put me in. I'm firmly planted and I have 
covenant relationships, not just based on performance-based behavior, but I keep my love on, demanding high levels of respect and responsibility. And then I have positive views of others as I look for the wonder in them. And what would it look like, Molly Buck, if the church, the body of Christ, actually looked like the church? I mean, then we'd look like the bride, ready for his return. Yes. And that was the point. So, I mean, you guys, here's what I'm hearing. And just to kind of sum it all up, I mean, that saying, the show me your friends and I'll show you your future or your summary of the five people that you spend your time with. Mm -hmm. I mean, those things, those things are true. So just to kind of bring it back in, if you could just take a moment now and just really reflect on that. Who am I spending my time with? And then, and then if it's not safe, meaning thrusting you to Jesus, or if it's unsafe, meaning pulling you away from Jesus, then to look at, at in those communities or interpersonal relationships with them and think, man, am I safe? Am I, if you can't find a safe person, then be one. And then that's who you'll attract. And then maybe if you do realize that you're not necessarily in community with with safe people, then to maybe say, okay, wait, is this an interpersonal thing with my attachment? Is there something that I missed growing up that that the Lord um, wants to give me back? And then to take a moment and just say, Jesus, will you meet me here? And will you meet my desires? And will you meet the caregiver status that I needed? And then out of an overflow of that and you start to become safe and you'll start to attract people that are safe and that also love the Lord. And that's how it happens. And then suddenly you'll be suddenly you'll be sitting in a community of people that are encouraging you and pressing you on to change the world for eternity. And there is nothing more thrilling and there's nothing more fulfilling and satisfying than that. And our relationships are a direct reflection with our relationship with the Lord. And He loves you. So thank you guys for listening. And until next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.